Hi friends, I'm Olivia. And I'm Katie. And we are Podcast by Proxy. Welcome. Well, I, I think, oh, special guest. <laughs> oh, hey, Wednesday. Cat made a special appearance. She doesn't sound oh my goodness loud, but what? It's official, like really official. Today for my birthday, my aunt gave me Wednesday's like little health record booklet, being like, "Okay, she's yours." Oh so, yay, she's official. No more waiting. Yeah, me and Frankie are keeping her. Yeah, she was always yours in my head, so it was always official. But I'm glad that it's actually official now. Yeah, she's been a great addition. Yeah. I also need to crack this soda, so it's going to be real loud with this new mic. Ooh, that's crisp. See how she goes. Yes. There she blows. Can anyone tell that Katie's on a new mic? Let us know. I'm still rocking old school, but... <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. I'm excited about today. We're totally dip, dive, dip. Dodge and dipping again, or whatever the fuck that thing dodge, is called. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. So, the five D's of dodgeball, Katie. How could you mess anyway. that up? <laughs> That's fair. How, how uh, because you? we're recording at 8 o'clock at night, and for anybody who doesn't know, I'm a geriatric fuck and go to bed at like 9. So for me, this is when I would be like in bed watching cold case files. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Same. So this is a tough time for us, but also it's going to be interesting. I'll be shocked if Brandon's awake when we're done this and I go to Ooh. bed. Like, there's no way he'll be awake because same we go I'll to bed. I'll be shocked if I'm awake when you're done this. <laughs> we go to bed to watch like our one episode of our show and then like we're basically sleeping these days by nine. I feel you. Mm -hmm. I think COVID has really reset people though to going to bed at a reasonable hour on all fronts because... Well, bars aren't open. There wasn't late movies for a long time. We weren't doing a lot of socializing. So I think we got reconditioned. Yeah. And I say everybody else, not me. I've always gone to bed around 9 p.m. Yeah, Katie's, <laughs> you know uh, Katie's schedule hasn't changed a bit, but for the rest of us. No. Yeah. yeah it's good. I was born an old person. <laughs> yes, you were. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a lie. No. Well, what are you sharing with us today? Aren't we doing our doc swap one today? What? <laughs> what I haven't watched anything. Next <laughs> so I should probably oh go. Oh my god, I have like six pages of notes about this documentary you made me watch. No, I thought you were telling me a case. Okay, well, we're going to have to do this tomorrow because I have a documentary to watch. <laughs> right now. And I have to try this tomorrow when I've oh my God. done my work that I need to do. The worst part is, for everybody's record, up until now, we've been really uncoordinated. And for once, we sat down with a day planner and <laughs> planned out these episodes. And for once, we really fucked up. Yeah. Oh, my God. never messed that up. I swear okay, wait, I thought you were telling me I don't me know case. if I fucked up or you fucked up or what. <laughs> hey, see everybody tomorrow. TTYL. This has been really fun. We're live. Again. Again. <laughs> We're live for a second time. Do I sound really loud? I'm much more prepared. Uh, no. Perf. I mean, I, I have my headphones turned down because you always tell me to, but. That is true. No. 
<laughs> but I'm prepared today. I've done my homework. I was just sped through four episodes. And yeah, I'm definitely here and ready this time. Are you? I'm so excited. So excited. Um, so for those of you that don't know, today we're doing. Yeah. What? Nothing. I was just laughing how you're like, you're today, that? and it's like, well, technically, yesterday we tried as well. Like, it's just going to be such a funny episode when you listen to the tune squeeze together. <laughs> yeah. So today we're back because I've done my homework, and we're actually going to discuss the documentaries that we assigned ourselves, and I didn't watch, but then I did watch. Uh, so we're discussing two Netflix documentaries today. If you haven't watched them, I would recommend watching Big them spoilers. before yeah. listening. Yeah, huge spoiler alert. Um, but Katie has assigned me the Netflix documentary How to Fix a Drug Scandal. <laughs> and I assigned her The Puppet Master, which recently dropped on Netflix. And I watched in one night and my mind was blown. And that was kind of how we got here. Yeah. Um, so we're going this doc swaps. If you remember from a few episodes ago, we just took that and ran with it. We did. It was really just a snowball. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, though, I have seen this article pop up a few times, and I just wanted to like bring some awareness to it really quickly. There is a local father and his daughter who police are actively looking for. Uh, the father's name is Jesse Bennett, and the daughter's name is Violet Bennett. After a custody agreement was settled in court, Jesse failed to return Violet to her mother as the agreed-upon cutoff once the weekend was over. I believe they have been missing from just this past Sunday night when they were supposed to do the drop-off and exchange. Yeah, so Sunday night would have been their court-appointed swap back for custody. He did not show up. He is described as 5'10", 160 pounds, with blue eyes, brown hair, or a shaved head and a beard. Violet, the little girl, she's mixed race with tan skin. Curly blonde hair, blue eyes, and she stands four feet tall, and she's about 50 to 60 pounds. They do believe that they are actively evading police, so if you see them, please call police right away. They are also known to be driving a matte gray Honda with a Bible verse on it, as well as uh, like company or work information on the exterior. So. And when we say they, we mean him because a child is not actively evading police against their, you know what Agreed. I mean? Agreed, like, yeah. And unfortunately, as we've discussed before, they don't know which way they were going or exactly what happened because this wasn't just a scoop and run. He actually had Violet for the entire weekend as the custody agreement, so we don't know if they could have been out and about prior to and made some further distance. But because we don't know a location or direction the vehicle went in, or he drove in, we cannot release an official Amber Alert because we have limited information yeah. and we do know now that it is very strict criteria, but that is why they work, because they stand out. We are not flooding airwaves with Amber Alerts, and that yeah. is why we do see such a high success rate with them, and we do get a lot of children returned very quickly. Violet's mother and police don't necessarily believe that Violet's in danger, but they just believe that Jesse was very upset with the agreed-upon custody agreement and doesn't feel like he should have to give Violet back. So they are just actively evading police. 
So if you see either of them, please reach out. And like the the bigot, the main person who's being harmed in this case is the child. Yeah. Even if she's not being harmed in her father's care, it's like when people start to put their own needs over the needs and the well-being of a child and they let their personal feelings get involved, it's just not good for anyone. No, not at all. Especially not the child. And I'm sure that little girl so. wants to be at home with her mom. That's not an irrational yeah. thought to have, that this little girl just wants to be back home. How old did you say she is? Seven. Oh. Yeah. So you're, like, very aware of what's going on at very. seven years old, too. You're not, like, two years old and mm -mm. completely aloof as to, like, your surroundings. No. You're very in tune and, like, know what's going on. And I think with all the court proceedings that had been happening, by the way that the mother was speaking, everybody was looking forward to, as in her and Violet were very much looking forward to getting back to regular life and to a routine. Right. So being just completely pulled away from a routine now, I feel so bad for her. Right. Yeah. If you see either of them, you can contact your own jurisdiction's police, as we are on the island. It's quite small. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you can reach out to the North Couchin or Duncan RCMP at 250-748-5522. All right. Well, I think I'm going to let you start today because you were prepared in advance, and I was not. I was like the person who forgets to do their homework. And like she forgot her chapter of the group and... assignment. <laughs> A hundred percent. So I'm going to let you go first because just for that reason alone. So Katie's going to be talking to us. Well, we're going to be discussing the uh, Netflix documentary, The Puppet Master. Weehaw, weehaw. And the full title is The Puppet Master Hunting the Ultimate Con Man. And I'll be honest, I wasn't uh, overtly captivated by just the trailer or the cover of it. So... I didn't really bother to watch it. So when think, you told me to watch it, I was like, uh, okay. But then I I was in there like swimwear. It's really good. Highly recommend just as my overall opinion. But we will get into it. There's never a moment during watching that documentary that you're bored or like know what's going to happen next. You know how a lot of the time when you're watching Netflix documentaries, especially how they're laid out, sometimes you like they're just very predictable and you know what's about to happen. This one was not that. No, and I was so captivated throughout the whole first episode, but yet still had like very little idea what was actually going on, but was so literally like what flips and invested. Yeah, I remember, like, the first... So I only put that on. The only reason it captivated me is because it was a new Netflix documentary, and I felt like I had exhausted them all. Clearly, I hadn't. Um, but I <laughs> nay, was nay. just like, woo, something new. And we watched the first one, and I swear to God, I said, like, excuse my language, but, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, eight <laughs> times. And by the end of it, I still had no idea what I was watching, and I just got hooked from there. It's, like, sad and confusing but and then riveting. you're also angry but also like oh. riveting and hard to follow but also hard to believe and like there's just it's a roller coaster so anyway you tell us all about it yeah and i mean this is gonna give you a very good idea of what this is about but for anyone who really enjoyed the dirty john series you mm. will be hooked because this is essentially i believe what a lot of those storylines are based off con man style stories, double lives. They're very similar to 
<clears throat> that. But yes. Yeah. Were you going to say something? Nope. The story is about a British man named Robert Hendy Friedman. He is going around uh, to the close-knit people in his life, advising them that he is part of a secret organization, essentially. Um, and from there, their lives take a tailspin based on what's necessary for him to accommodate his spy-like lifestyle and necessary needs to accommodate his day-to-day -day life in hiding as necessary psychologically ruins people, essentially. Mm -hmm. and, we'll, and, like, takes them for all they're worth. All they are worth. And we will definitely get into it. And it's essentially it. just, yeah, a huge money setup, essentially. It is. For anyone who's watched this, opening scenes, we come into two kids in there, I would say... Tw late teens early 20s ish we're not quite mm -hmm. sure and they start discussing their mom and the past eight to nine years of their life their names are sophie and jake and they will be a constant through these like storylines they are essentially who probably got the deal with netflix to begin with yeah and it's bonkers and part of the reason i want to talk about this even more now is to help them and you'll see why yeah they're they're trying to, yeah. Yeah, essentially, they're starting out looking for their mother. Their mother, Sandra. Yeah, they're trying to find their mom. Started online dating, met a man named David, so to speak, who worked in advertising and sales media. And he wined and dined her, made her believe that she was going to have this lap of luxury life with him. He was a bigwig, getting her an Audi in a custom color, going on family trips around the world, taking them to Spain. But once they get to Spain, they just drive and drive and drive and drive and listen to Duran Duran. Which, that part like, is so weird to me. Who the fuck wants to listen to Duran Duran? For And that one 24... song, too. It was one song by Duran Duran over and over again. Yeah, and we find this is a trend later, and he totally ruins Duran Duran for many people. God. I, mean, I never had close ties to Duran Duran personally, like emotionally, but yeah, I mean, just it, that part was weird to me. Toast. That it was multiple people that said he took us on like Our driving for world. hours and hours and hours and hours on end, just spending and only like, he could days drive. and nights in the car. Only he would drive and they would just listen to Duran Duran over and over again. And it's like, like literally the second it was over, he would just like either flip the tape, restart the disc whatever and they were just <laughs> the one girl sarah that's like now if i hear like two bars of duran duran I, my skin crawls pretty much kind of thing yeah, especially I her I can you. Imagine. yeah as they're going through all these different so airport I. terminals he's really aware of how he's positioning his passport as well to not show his last name to the families when they go on the family trips uh, a lot of people are aware that he is quite concealing of his id his passports anything like that and he seems to be a very busy guy with all this work according to him but he kind of comes to never their home working. and never leaves and never goes to work mm -hmm. so how are you making all this money and like said he was wealthy and bought their mom like a brand new car yeah but didn't actually we come but to I'm find sure we'll get there yeah there's... we'll get there but yeah like Gives yeah. her a car for her birthday that was actually financed under her own name. It's ridiculous. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
as we find that this well, they... no go ahead Oh, Sorry, I was just going to say, too, I found it really interesting when, because he worked at a lot of car dealerships, um, like, obviously, we know somebody who's, like, a very persuasive personality would be a good car salesman, especially if you're yep. okay doing a little dirty uh, to get the deed done, and... Cha-ching! The... I found it really interesting because it, it was like right at the very beginning that the the person, like the manager of the place where he worked said he sold more cars than anybody he's ever met immediately when he started working there. Yeah, that alone, if you're too good of a car Red salesman, <laughs> especially right out the gates, I think we have reason <laughs> to be concerned in my also like no shade if you're a car salesman we're just no just we're just going with the uh i just hope you're not really good at it that's all yeah we're taking the stereotype and running with it totally so at this point in the documentary we pan back to 1993 to learn a little bit about who this person is that is david (laughs) air quotes big air quotes here guys david Mm -hmm. who's david quote yeah we meet a man named John Atkinson who advises he has been introduced to a man while he sat at the bar having a drink who, for no reason whatsoever, likes to inform him on the down low that he is an MI5 agent and his name is Rob. The bartender's just a cover so that he can be in the area collecting information. And, like, super unsolicited. This guy's just, like, like, in college sitting down to have a drink. He's like... And then just like leans over and tells him this big secret story right? that's not true. And then saying but that like, his again, like, fire crotch roommate is part of like ulterior forces and he needs to watch out for him. <laughs> yeah, and makes it incredibly believable. What's his name? Jim, I think. And he's like, and Jim's involved? Oh no. <laughs> it's like, what? And then you see a picture of Jim and you're like, that guy? Really? Okay. <laughs> I never understood... Okay, keep going, and then I'll tell you what I never understood. Okay. This is when John now introduces two lady friends uh, to Rob, so to speak. So now they become a group of four, and he manages to get John to tell these two girls that he is dying of terminal cancer so that they will go on, like, a cross-country road trip, no questions asked, because now... John and Rob are like, psst, psst, psst. let's be agents. I'm going to bring you under my wing. Mm-hmm. You're you're in the know. We can't tell the ladies, but all our families are at danger. But who the fuck goes as far as just being like, I have terminal cancer? No, say you won a vacation. Yeah, you could tell that he felt really bad Horrible. about doing that. And like, again, he said it's the worst how, thing he's ever like, done. How manipulative must this guy have been to within like not that long of meeting him? I'm going to say a couple days. Oh, yeah. Convinces him that he's an MI5 agent, which for anybody who doesn't know is basically like secret like service FBI, the secret service yeah. in but like spies. in uh, the UK. It's like the Kingsman. Yeah, because we're, watched the Kingsman, we're in the UK, obviously. That's what he says pretty much. Yeah, and then convince this guy who he's never met to lie to his girlfriend and her friend and just, like, leave college. Like, it's a lot. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Overnight. Yeah, they're also, what, two of them are a couple as well. So it's just, like, multiple layers to this that is just 
going on and on. And then same thing, they get in the car and, and they drive for hours on end and listen to friggin' Duran Duran. Oh my god. It's bizarre. And the girls are taking pictures like the entire way because to them this is like this fun road trip at this point still. But mm. Rob is like avoiding the camera at all times and he always offers to take the photo. He's just very aware of where everything is that could be watching him or surveilling him it seems. Which sure, if you're a spy, that's fair. But if you're also saying, I'm on a trip with my friend because he has terminal cancer, you know, you might want to be in one photo. I don't know. Right. Anywho, 10 days into the trip, they start to reach out to their families. Sarah specifically advising that she is likely not going to be returning to college at this point um, because her college has now reached out to her father, who we love. Oh, love, love, love. Honestly, the men in this documentary, like Jake, the son... The ex and the dad, I am obsessed with each of them for different reasons. We'll get to them. Trust me. We I totally love agree. Them. I totally oh, agree. Them. We Especially love them the all. ex. I love the ex so much. Oh. Yeah. Anywho, this is when at the 10-day mark that Rob tells John, okay, it's time to tell the girls the truth. You don't have cancer. The jig is up. And that we can't return now because your families are in danger and we need to... Stay lay low, laying low. I'm already aware of how much money is in your bank account and what family land you own because of the resources I have as a spy. So he's holding over them, their family, the land they have, the money they have, everything. He's literally starting to psychologically torture these people 10 days into knowing them. It's mm, nope. redonkulous. And if you listen to him speak, speak um i think yeah i think one of the ways that he really gets people is he uses your first name a lot i picked up on that right away he if he wants something from you and you're not saying yes right away he will push a little bit harder and really personalize it by using your name and every yeah and it's definitely like a tactic it's something Mm -hmm. i picked up on like right away yeah, and the daughter lately, or later on, comes to say he would always talk to you in the sense of, like, you don't want to do this, do you? You don't want to do this, do you? Mm-hmm. So he'd be, like, conditioning them. And finally, she yeah. even said, that this man made her hate her own father somehow. It's shocking. Yeah, I was actually so surprised that the daughter didn't talk to the dad for, like, years. Yeah, it ended up being, over like, four years or something like that. I was together. super surprised. Because they're yeah. so close. So, yeah, at this point, all four of them are under the belief that the IRA are following them. The radio announces that after the city they had just left, two bombs go off near city center where they had just been located. And Sarah's dad starts really frantically trying to get a hold of her at this point it's stepped up a bit the school's calling him she's not showing up for her job at the farm near at her school where she works these are all really big red flags she's very accountable and suddenly sarah calls out of nowhere like clockwork like he knew what was Mm going to be happening all four of them go to Sarah's parents' house to try to control the narrative, which was super fucking weird when they all show up there and they're like, hey, mm-hmm. we're just here to hang out for like an hour and show that we're okay. And her yeah, dad, and the dad knew something was up immediately. Yeah. And he's like, my biggest regret like, is nah. letting her go. Why did I yeah. let her go? And yeah. 
So they said they'd be back in two weeks at this point, and they tell her father the same story. The terminal cancer is the reason for essentially the road trip, the sudden takeoff, the time off of everything. We kind of go dark right there. They leave again, and we pan back to Sandra's story. And Sandra is the mother of two that's missing, which is... I love the way this cuts back and forth. I do. I think it's amazing. Well, and it was interesting because her dad said... Like, John didn't look sick at all. And no. he said he asked him, like, so how sick are you? Yeah. And I guess he just, like, didn't really say anything, and then they left. Yeah, he said that the second he started to ask him, like, about his condition, he just started shaking and sweating, and he could tell he was terrified. But he also didn't have any grounds, really, to stop them at that mm. point. Like, thinking on his feet, he just didn't have it in him. So... When we go back to meet Sandra's kids again and get more information about her, she advises that at this point, by the way of David, she has no friends. She's accusing her kids of stealing from the home, turning against them. She's not speaking with her ex, who she had a very close co-parenting relationship with. They were very um, communicative with one another, even outside of just parenting. They were genuinely just friends. For all accounts, they just got married too young, but they were best friends and will always love each other. She found out that David had gone to her ex and said that their son was gay over and over again and, like, berated him. But mother and father both went to him and said, like, if you're gay, we're more than okay with that. Just be happy. Like, I don't know why this is a big deal. And even Jake was like, it's not a big deal, but I'm not, for all intents and purposes, yeah, if you're yeah. wondering. Uh, but, okay, let's get past this. Yeah. But essentially, she was just completely isolated from everybody. Even her family, she was starting to isolate from. Well, he, and he started locking the son out of the house, and so eventually well, no. he just, like, moved in with his dad. Well, and before that, remember when he said he wore through his shoes too quickly? And so he said that he would take care of it for him. And he puts like metal blocks on the back, like horseshoes. So that when he goes back to school, he's like, clunk, 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 to embarrass him. So he's alienating him even when he's not at home, he said. He felt like he was with him all the time. So wild. I'm glad he left and went to his dad's. (laughs) Me too, because these kids are amazing human beings. They just yeah, seem so like nice. such good people. But yeah, they I, that literally was... <laughs> just want their mom to not be in the clutches of a psycho. Yeah. Uh, my next line, has he changed the locks and locked him out? Question mark. But also weird yeah. because Sophie wasn't really having as many issues with him. Oddly enough, even though she was the older one, just I think being the girl, he kind of waited out picking on her. But what he did do with her and which he did do with Sarah, which we find out back in the 90s, is he would drop her off at work and then he would like not remember to pick her up for a really long time and leave them waiting. And then he'd pick them up and drive around for a couple hours and do random shit and then go back to the house like pretty much just to sleep. So he made it so that they never had time to stop or do anything or talk to anyone else. He, like, alienated all their time as well. Well, and I, and I think he, too, is, like, laying down a layer of um, control by mm-hmm. making it so that they needed him, right? Mm-hmm. You need me 
to do anything. When he's harder to and, find. And if you I will pick you up spot. when I want to pick you up, not when you're ready for me to pick you up. Yeah. Um, he I'm also busy. took money from both of those girls. He did. Yeah. He would take pretty much Sophie's whole paycheck. She said she got paid $400 because she was a haircutting apprentice or something. And yeah, he would make her pay $300 of it a month to them. And he would collect it from her and just say that she would or it would be passed along to their mom, but it wasn't most of the time. Well, didn't he empty too? Like he her found savings. out she had an inheritance worth or savings, like ten grand or something, yeah. and he laughed and told her to give it to him, and she did. Yeah, he drove her to the bank and convinced her to take it out, and she handed it to him, and she never saw it again. Like I don't. Yeah, I mean, this guy was literally just living off of scamming people out of their money. Yeah. And that was his full time job. One or is thousand percent. It still is. It still is because really, this is where the justice system failed us on this case. Good Food is Canada's number one meal kit service that delivers right to your door. Good Food makes cooking fun, easy, and affordable. They offer different meal plans to fit your needs, like vegetarian, clean fifteen, easy prep, and the most popular basket, the classic basket. Every recipe is packed with fresh produce that comes directly from farmers, and with Good Food. You can skip the trip to the grocery store and have everything you need to make your curated meals delivered straight to your door. Sign up for Good Food today using the code FREE PODCAST BY PROXY to get your first classic box for free. That's FREE PODCAST BY PROXY when creating your Good Food account to get a classic box on us. Hi friends, if you like what you hear and you want to get even more content from us, we're officially live on Patreon. Patreon is a subscription service where you can get early access to our regular episodes, get bonus episodes, live Q&A sessions, and more. Visit the link in this episode description to learn more and sign up. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Podcast by Proxy. Katie and I are so appreciative of every single one of you for being here with us. If you want to support us even more, don't forget to hit the follow button wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Growing the show means we will be able to invest more time into bringing you more stories like the one you're hearing today. January of 2014, after two years of dating, Sandra and Rob go on a... Wait, did I write Rob? Oh my god, I'm so confused by what name he uses. Rob, David... Oh my god. Anyway, they leave the Just house. Just call him David Rob or Rob David. Yeah, free guard. Yeah, there you go. Sandra and Freegard leave the house and are never really physically seen again at this point. Yep. There's bits and pieces of contact, but we will find that out. The ex-husband of Sandra is shocked when they leave to go into the house and find that there is a massive deadbolt on the bedroom door. And for anyone who's watched this, you know this is not your... Like, oh, I put a little lock on my outdoor shed no. or on, you know, anything around the house. And I'm saying outside my home. This is mm-hmm. heavy duty. I do not know any reason personally why you would need such a big lock inside your home. Just like he said, there is no reason for that. Um, Yeah, I mean, the only reason that you would ever have an industrial sized padlock on any door inside of your home would be to keep everybody out or to keep somebody in exactly and i'm going to go with it's likely the latter but unfortunately Um, so i will tell you while while i was watching this 
And this doesn't end up being the case. But while I was watching this, because I was on a roller coaster of emotions, <laughs> uh, I thought that originally he might be cooking bombs. And though I because of, yeah. yeah, of the bombs that were set like in the previous, I was like, was he laying those and then like using these for as a cover and leaving? It turns out apparently he, he's not. But um, yeah. I thought maybe he was doing something like that, but I feel like it's more likely now that he was locking Sandra in the room. Yeah. Well, and other unusual things when he goes in. Or doing sketchy shit with money in there. Anything, really, I don't know. Because this guy is just, he dabbles in a lot once we kind of get around to it. Correct. Yeah. Aside from the padlocked, bedroom door there was also newspaper all over the living room windows facing out to the streets so people could not see in every bill was past due and every ounce of debt that sandra had was maxed out she before this never even had a credit card or an overdraft so the fact that she now had multiple sources of loans all maxed out including one luxury custom colored audi that free guard that was supposedly gifted, gifted her yeah in her name this is when the ex starts to look back and he's not finding much online with his name so he decides to look up his full name and then just the word con man this is when robert freeguard's photo pops up and when he clicks images he gets a pit in his stomach seeing that that is the man that sandra is gallivanting around somewhere with and they have no idea where He reaches out to local police asking for help, and they immediately advise him that he should talk to Bob Brandon. Bob Brandon is a detective that he needs to speak with, as he is well aware of this man and happy to discuss it further with him. This is when he finds out as well about Kim Adams, who was (laughs) at the same time as Sarah, technically, which is even crazier. I I don't understand how he was also doing this to two different people in two different places at two different times. Because we find out that Kim and Sarah's storylines actually run parallel to one another. They are not spaced out Mm -hmm. and it's super messed up. Kim was engaged to Robert and for all intents and purposes, Kim's parents really, really liked him. He was this go-getter college guy who was going to make it big and take good care of his daughter. That's what they saw. And all of a sudden... Where's Kim? Gone in a car listening to Duran Duran. Yep. Rob answers one night, one time when Kim's parents are calling repeatedly and he finally has a conversation with them and says that everything's fine and that he is (laughs) enrolling Kim in spy school. (laughs) Okay. This made me laugh so hard because you really just called it spy school. Yeah. It was Also, Kim was American and she like literally just hopped on a plane and left and went to the UK yeah. with this guy. So like, her parents were like, what? Later days, I'm going to become a spy. I'm going to spy school and then started calling them and saying that they needed like thousands and thousands of dollars to pay for said yeah, spy school. Yeah, like 2,200 pounds the first time because she failed the test twice. Girl, if you failed it twice, you're probably not meant to be a spy. And if it was real spy school, I think you would have been dead. I don't think this is, oh, they didn't like my personality. I didn't answer the questions properly. No. Spy school. 
It reminds me of like, Spy Kids. Who is I think that's why it makes me laugh. A hundred percent. Honestly, I wrote down the Kingsman here because in the first one, when he has to go through all those tests, it just made me think of that. But they die, so not so much. Now, are we gonna go back to the kids? We're gonna go back there because I feel like we've skipped. Oh, okay, we're gonna go back. I mean, if you want to bring up something now, we can just discuss. That's what this episode is. Let's discuss. Well, I was just going to say, like, keep in mind, because Kim, of course, is engaged to him, leaves, goes to the UK, is going to enroll in spy school, yada, yada. Um, And her storyline runs parallel to Sarah's. I can't believe that she was with him for that long. Nine years. Like, Sarah left college and was with this dude for nine Nine years. Nine full years. Yes. And we will go completely back to them because he fucks up Sarah's life big time. Like, big time. I literally just wrote this in the order the episodes go because it's so back and forth. And for anyone who's watched it, they totally get it. But in your head... To me, it's, like, making sense, I hope. So I hope it is to everyone else. So, And this is where we're going to come back to them because this is where yeah. Kim and Sarah are, like, <gasps> kind of. Right. At this point, Sarah has been used and abused by him. She's been manipulated down to the point of having just a shell of a human being. She has no confidence. He is... Leaving her for days on end in these places he's calling safe houses with without food, with or without any care at all. There's really little. And like locked in the bathroom. Yeah. Well, that's the woman that she comes to at the end where he takes her, locks her in a bathroom, leaves her for four days. She said, imagine the most hungry you've ever been and multiply it by a thousand kind of thing. And he returns. She's sitting cowered in the corner He opens the door and says, do you want to be my girlfriend? And she says, at that moment, I knew all he really wanted was sex, but it was a potential to be out of a bathroom. And at that point, this is where, you know, a lot of people who maybe don't listen to true crime or don't understand, like, why didn't she just leave? The kids ask that near the end to find out what they're dealing with for their mom. And they say, like, you're in a foreign country with no passport, no money, yeah. no ID. And if you do have ID, it's probably not your real name. So you can't actually go use it for anything t- legal. And he has a thousand percent control over you. Your schedule, he's, your mind, I mean, how you feel, what her. you wear. Like, he's convinced her for nine years that she's in danger. That she's yeah. not safe on her own. That she will not survive without him. He then took away her identity. Took mm-hmm. away her passport. Took away her ability to make choices for herself. So like that's survival mode. Throughout this whole time. When these people do have any contact with their families. They're either scripted conversations. Or he's standing mm-hmm. right there. As a third party in the conversation. Guiding it. Um, and usually he will manage conversations one-on-one with the families until the families he feels like they're either not following through with giving money then he'll get the family member to call in distress or he will just continuously not answer and then finally answer and have some like bad reason like with Kim he like doesn't answer doesn't answer and then he's like it's just been so hard because I've put up 60 grand already and Kim keeps failing these tests and blah 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 and then her she says a mechanic took her passport away no, he didn't. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, and then when he's like 
talking to Kim's mom on the phone, and he's like, when I see you, can I give you a hug? Ew, I know. Oh, Shudder. Oh, God. Shudder. Yeah. So at the airport, they are planning a takedown. They know that the only way that they can find Sarah at this point, because she's locked in rooms all around the UK, essentially, who knows, that they need to find him and he needs to give up the location of Sarah. That's the bottom line. They know that's the only way they'll get him. They arrange that the money that Kim's family is going to give him, Kim's mom is going to fly in, meet him at the airport, and they are going to take him down at the airport. They show up there. Kim's mom finds him finally at a Starbucks where they're supposed to meet. Cops everywhere. Suddenly she has like a little freak out and mm-hmm. goes to the bathroom and like calls the detective and the detective's like, no, 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 just go with him. Go with him because <laughs> you he's... have to do this. You yeah. You can't bail now. Like, it's too late. What are you going to do? Just say you flushed yourself down the toilet? No. Yeah. So yeah. they go out to the parking lot and we can see that Kim is actually in the car. She's there. But she doesn't like Which get... to, honestly shows you how much control he had over her she does not get out of that car no and she hadn't seen her family in months so your mom is flying to a different country to meet this guy to give him like a suitcase full of money and you're not even gonna get out of the car and go meet her in the airport you're in the car like that to me speaks volumes yeah or even like run out of the car once you see her like maybe there's a reason you didn't go out like maybe you like have a sprained ankle who the fuck knows but the second you see your mom you're gonna get out of that car and be like oh my god like you're not just i just feel like sit there but no i would be in the airport being like man if you weren't scared of this guy in some way shape or form or you weren't basically being controlled like a puppet Mm -hmm. there's no way that you would be like yeah you go meet her i haven't seen my own mother in months and she's flying to a different country but like you go deal with it yeah there's no way well and while he's like meeting the new in-laws so to speak he has arranged for another woman that he used to manipulate years ago that fortunately was able to cut ties with him because it she was strong enough to get away and it just wasn't really like i don't think she was Mm -hmm. that connected to him in a lot of ways like some of these women were as well yeah he calls her up like beep 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 hey girl hey I need you to, like, smuggle someone for me, essentially, in covert ops. Like, obviously, he doesn't say that. He's like, I have this girl, and I think she'd be a benefit to your home, and, like, she could work for you, and blah, blah, blah. And she genuinely is like, well, yeah, he convinced me that it would be an asset to have her here. So he takes this young woman to, like, be a housekeeper. A.K.A. Sarah. Yeah, Yeah. Hide her in plain sight, and... She said at this point she was so used to just, like, coming up with excuses and reasons to leave and not be in front of a camera, not answer the phone. She was just so good at hiding in plain sight now. It was kind of crazy. Now, I'm curious. I'm just going to derail us a little bit for a moment here. I'm curious what your thoughts on this are. So they started with the four of them. He convinced John to take Sarah, who he was dating at the time, and this other girl who was her friend. Maria. Convinced yes. them with the cancer story and the bomb, you know, the MI5 story and all that to go to leave with him. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, John and the other girl, Maria. I don't remember her name, Maria. So they were married at some point, which was wild okay. and not touched on. 
Yeah, and we there's a part at the end where they give a recap of some of the girls, and yeah, it, it's totally true. Olivia's bang on. He married Maria in like a okay, back a little bit just to give a little bit of insight. Once he was kind of done with figuring out who out of the four group, including himself, was going to be like the money, so to speak, he figured out what every person okay. was going to be good for. So he separated so the three of them. that's what it was? He separated the three of them because Sarah was the money. And then the guy just kind of got the group together. And at a certain point, he wasn't useful. So he kind of got away and went back to his family farm. And his parents were paying for this, like, security detail that... You know, Rob, mm-hmm. David, Freeguard, whatever said he needed. Yes. But then he realized over time that nothing was happening. So he was fine. And then that's when he, at this point in the story, actually reaches out to Sarah's dad, like, years later, because he's really remorseful and writes a letter saying this is who what happened. And this is what's going on. And that's how we do eventually find out down the line that her dad is able to help her fill in gaps and talk her through, like, yeah. And she doesn't believe him for the longest time, but I guess we're at, so. But yeah, he so that's what it Maria. was that her money. Oh yeah, she was the money element because she had that huge inheritance of like two hundred thousand dollars. All these women that have was always, money somehow. That's what the even at the is. end of it. After I was done listening or watching, sorry, I was always like, so he married Maria. I'm pretty sure they had a child together. Well, it's because he needed they... her last name, too. I think they had two kids. Oh, oh I have he it down here. last name. Because I'm like... Nine years married. He marries the one girl. Two kids. They have kids. Yeah. Then he lets her go, and he lets John go, but he keeps Sarah. Like, why? Money. But it's because she had this massive inheritance that he was trying to get at. Okay, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, if you didn't mean something or had a beneficial gain to this guy, he would eventually let you go. But you were so psychologically manipulated by him that you, I think, just walked away and believed everything still. And we're like, whoa, what a ride. I'm really yeah, lucky to have gotten away with that. Yeah, because those two left and, like, still, like, you said John was paying him a safety fee or yeah, whatever. Yeah, he was paying him, um, like, thousands of dollars a month. $400,000 over, like, a couple years in what he called a security detail. And he essentially ruined his family long term because they couldn't yeah. sustain the family farm, which was their livelihood. So they had to just downsize and sell stuff and lost money and business. And he, to this yeah. day, will never forgive himself for it. So okay. it, they do find, though, and this is how we end up finding out about additional women. We find a record that there is a hotel room in the Alps that is in his name as well. So we are able to track him down through that as well. And we find passports, photos, phones of women. Just a bunch of women. Yeah, Men. it's not like a suitcase full of suitcase. stuff yeah. that belongs to other women. Yeah. And, when that's, they and that's how him, they find... Yeah, when they arrest him, he has a piece of paper that says Ronnie with a phone number. And in there they find mm-hmm. ID for uh, Renata Kisler and... When they first call her, she does deny knowing him because everyone's conditioned to deny knowing this man. The cops kind of start to say, like, we know this and this and this and this. And she's like, okay, whatever. Like, this is either this girl's death wish or I'm saving her life. So I'd rather risk saving her life kind of thing. So she admits that she knows them and that Rob had brought actually one of the pair to the house to be a cleaning lady. Yeah. 
They also find the idea of Leslie Gardner. She was dating him for six years on and off and seems to have gotten away. That's all there was to it. Elizabeth Richardson, he starved her and forced her to live on the streets for conditioning. He made her be homeless. They also never found a young Brazilian woman. She was the third one they weren't able to locate or ID. And then, as we've seen, Maria Hendy, who was the other one in the group, they were together nine years and had two children. He reportedly was extremely abusive to her and going as far as knocking out multiple of her teeth at one time. So now they found the suitcase. They have him in custody. Kim's reunited with her mom. We are on the way to getting Sarah, we think, because mm-hmm. Ronnie was able to provide the one photo that she thought you could tell what Sarah looked like in, and Sarah's dad saw it, and he believed that it could be her. So they immediately went there and located this girl, and it was Sarah. Ta-da! Yeah. June 2005, they go to trial. John, Atkinson, and Sarah both testify, but of course he pleads not guilty. He is sentenced to life on September 6th of 2005. After that, it's followed by this, like, amazing picture of Renata, Maria, Sarah, and Kim all together. Like, it looks like they're genuinely just, like, gal pals out for lunch. It's so cute. You'd never know what they had been through together. It's amazing. In the Court of Appeals 2007, this is fucking annoying. He goes on to say that he never physically kidnapped them. Because it was all psychological torture and because he never laid Mm -hmm. a hand on them to put them in a vehicle or forcefully confine them. That there was no physical entrapment. It it was bogus. You can't say I kidnapped them. So part of his charges were actually adjusted according to this because Mm -hmm. they did agree there was no forceful confinement on his part. His lawyers basically said like they they were free to go at any time. They just didn't. Yeah, they chose not to go. And then, but that's when the prosecution came back and said, you took their livelihood, their ID, their confidence, their money, their ability to move on their own and told them what to wear, what to look like and change their appearance. So no, we do not believe they had the ability to just walk free. I'm sorry. September of 2020, we are back to the ex, which we love. He goes and tracks down this other woman who reaches out and says she was also affected by this man. She doesn't want her face on camera, but she is more than happy to be interviewed. And I like her. I I like this lady. She's a beagle breeder. Yeah, and so keep in mind, had he not been let out on appeal, this would have never happened. Never. He met uh, Sandra Sandra after. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he goes, yeah, 2007, Court of Appeals. He... He's out. He's gone. They're like, well, we're going to reevaluate, so we're going to let you out on the meantime. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah, he just poofed. He poofed. Well, his sentence got adjusted, and he had already served enough time, so he was done. It was like 15 years or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, time served plus this, and good behavior. Okay, bye. It's like, yeah. why? (sighs) One thing that, like, I loved right before he walks into this lady's house is just the way this man feels about how you co-parent and how you agree to live with someone and raise your children because he goes on to say something along the lines of, like, he's asked, why are you fighting for Sandra? You're not even married anymore. And he's like, but that's my children's mother. And if I'm not fighting Mm -hmm. for her, then what am I showing my children kind of thing? And I was just like, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know he's a rock star. I we all wish to have someone him that and Sarah's kind. dad who basically operated as his own private investigator for nine years. Yeah, he had like tracing string credit boards, card records, tracing her credit card records. He literally showed up to the police, and the police were like, "He had done all the work." <laughs> yeah, they literally just had to like look up with their little like beep 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 cop skills what the dad had already figured out he just didn't have that last piece he had done the credit card records tracing phone records he continued to pay her credit card to ensure it would continually Mm -hmm. be used so they would never lose track of what cities they were in um and there was no rhyme or reason to their path they were just evading lady with the beagles essentially says that she has reason to believe that uh well what she calls him as i think john now even like she calls him by even like a different name i'm pretty sure who cares? He is breeding and living within the purebred dog world where you can see him in show oh photos and he has been working with her, advising her that he can cre- increase the value of her bloodline by getting her better dogs. And he does get her some dogs, but mm-hmm. he charges astronomical amounts for vet bills prior to, transport bills, fees. Yeah. And for the amount of money she sends, she's not seeing nearly enough product or pet or animal or success from it. And it's bogus. Yeah. Yeah. It's Again, it's just another ploy to get to scam somebody out of money. Like, yeah, they ask her, like, did you ever see a bill for what these like vet bills were for? Did no, you ever see a receipt to say what services were done? No. Yeah. Oh. Okay. After they finished filming while they were editing this, that someone who they believe was Sandra or supposed to be Sandra had reached out and said that most of what everyone was saying was untrue. She felt no need to essentially entertain the idea of this and that she was happy living her life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the end conclusion is essentially the story of, you know, Sarah and John and Maria gets wrapped up and we find out about all these other women and then it's really not there's no conclusion I no, mean the, Jake the and children Sophie are still still looking for their they're mom. still looking for their mom um I thought it was hilarious and also in the worst way possible when the kid's father Sandra's ex-husband is talking with the person who he had been doing the dog stuff with like the dog breeder and he finds out that he's using his last name. His last name. His last oh. name. So the kid's dad, Rob <laughs> David, whatever his name, has started to the use their Yeah, the ex's hit the ex dad the ex husband, the kid's dad's uh, last name. That's his new But that's like his Which thing. is just like shows the audacity of this asshole. That seems to be his thing though, because do you remember? I'm pretty sure when he was with Kim, he used the last name Adams temporarily. He always just mm-hmm. uses the woman he's with last name. Yeah. But unfortunately in this circumstance it was also his last name and he was pissed to find that out. Yeah, I mean, I have so many thoughts about this whole documentary. I think that Sarah's dad was insanely awesome and a superhero in this yeah. case. I mean, he literally never gave up. And Ten years. Um, the part when they say, like, basically they just kept calling over and over and over and over oh and God. over again. The phone calls wouldn't stop. <clears throat> and then eventually they did get the inheritance money 
because, because Jill, her the mom, mom answered and just wasn't strong enough. The calls were literally making her mom ill. They were calling all yeah. through the night. They weren't sleeping. They weren't eating properly. They were so disruptive. And then the fact that her mom, Jill, thought that, well, why don't we just pay it? Our daughter's in distress. Why would we not? So she was just stressing yeah. out from all angles and it was physically making her ill. So he paid it. But yeah, the well, if she paid it, he didn't. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that one was cr- is crazy. Um, I mean, my final thoughts are like, the entire time that, say, Sarah was gone, she said she was phoning and saying that she was uh, gone on her own free will. Um, and almost all of those conversations are scripted. We come to find that the yeah. her dad does end up finding actually like a piece of paper with a script on it that she said to him word for word in a phone call. Um, she, she Yeah, about an apprenticeship she got. Yeah, she was saying that she was, you know, out on her own free will the entire time. So who's to say that Sandra's not being coerced to do the same thing? Like, a million who's percent. to say that she even wrote that letter? Yeah, and even at the end when Jake, her son, who is now, like we said, probably close to 20 or early 20s-ish, when they're asked, do you think he's changed his ways? Or, like, you know, he's he's gone through prison. He's served his time. Don't you think he's better now? And he's like, then why is he doing all the same things again? Right, exactly. Like It, it doesn't make it's a pattern. sense for someone who's reformed. This guy has made a career out of scamming people out of their own money and without even realizing it. So mm-hmm. I just... I feel like if she is out on, quote, her own free will, um, it's because he has done a number on her psychologically and um, she is unable to think clearly or for herself. Yeah. And those are my final thoughts on that case. Yeah. It was it was a crazy one. And I think the way it ends, how it's just sort of like the kids are like, mom, please come home and there's the letter from her being like this is preposterous and i'm fine it's a really just not even a cliffhanger but it's just there's so many questions yeah it's sad there's yeah you're right there's just no ending to this documentary really it just kind of is like no if you're out there we love you and we want you home yeah stay tuned for updates kind of thing yeah and like there are none no i know it's really sad yeah, I mean, like, I didn't find so. anything. Obviously, it, like, just came out. Um, and we will post photos. So if you see anyone that you believe to be either of these people, Freegard or Sandra, they are still trying to at least get a location on them so they can do some type of wellness check or at least be able to check in with Sandra herself, whether that be authorities or the family. So... Mm-hmm. We will post uh, photos of them. So if you see them, reach out to local authorities as well. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so that was, it's called The Puppet Master. It just came out on Netflix a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Watch it and let us know your thoughts in the episode description for this episode. I'm curious if we want to make this two and just have them the same thing. do a Tuesday, Thursday. Definitely do the Tuesday, Thursday. Okay, let's do that because we're already at an hour. (laughs) And you're also going to edit in the piece from yesterday to the beginning. I'll call you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 How do I stop this shit? I'll stop it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Fuck me.